This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Cheryl, it's been a, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week since the last episode, and it's been quite a week, wouldn't you say? Oh, I would say, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk today. Mm-hmm. Me too. About the... <laughs> I feel like we're doing an SNL sketch where the energy could not be lower. <laughs> but we're, we're talking about the Queen of Versailles today. We are talking about the Queen of Versailles. We're also talking about uh, leftovers at restaurants. <laughs> dog bags well if you want to give away the the big moment of the episode yeah we can we can cue people into dog bags well that it'll all make sense later and let's not keep people away from dog (laughs) bags any sooner yeah you should get in there and listen to this here's the queen of versailles it all started when tig and cheryl met in the mid 2000s hey nice to meet you tig i'm cheryl hines hi cheryl i'm tig notaro should we do a podcast about documentaries Yes. A podcast about documentaries. Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Cheryl. Tig. I see your little face in the little screen. I see your little face in the little screen as well. So nice to see you. <laughs> so nice to see your little face in the little screen. Welcome to Tig and Cheryl True Story. Whenever mm-hmm. I say that, I feel like I'm directly welcoming you to your own show. I feel like that too, and I appreciate it. I don't ever get a welcome, though. Nope. Okay. It's not how it works. Today, we are talking about the Queen of Versailles. We sure are. I saw the this documentary. Docu- yeah. Yes, I, I saw this years ago. Yeah. And then I rewatched it. When you rewatched, because I saw it before, and then I rewatched it again. Uh, uh-huh. Was it what you remembered it to be? For the most part, mm-hmm. I didn't really remember um, the what's his name? Who's the dad? David? David. Yeah. I didn't remember his son. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I remembered that they had eight kids. No, I don't remember that they had so many kids. Yeah. You mostly remember her. Oh, yeah. 
Well, she's the queen. Yeah, you mostly remember the queen of Versailles. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Stephanie was saying she feels like it was one of the first kind of pop documentaries that she feels like got attention in the way that it did. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of people watched it at the same time for uh for whatever reason. Well, for a lot of reasons. I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but... There was such a um, a crash, a financial crash mm-hmm. uh, that everybody was feeling. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were feeling it to different uh, degrees. But this documentary <laughs> is like um, most people like... weren't feeling the crash in the way <laughs> that these guys <laughs> that did. the king and queen of Versailles. Yeah. So I think it was a. Uh, I think for for a lot of people, it felt like, oh, it's nice to know that even super rich people were feeling some strain. Well, and that's kind of what reminds me of um, the pandemic. Yeah, right. Because there's so much in life that where people can feel that they're they're comfortable or they're set or they're you know, they can rely on this particular lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then you see, even when I've driven around nice areas of Los Angeles, you just see furniture dumped out in the yard. Right. And I don't know, is that an eviction? Was that a breakup? Was this... Right. But it's something in an area where I didn't see that before. Right. Right. And... Well, because everybody was stuck in their homes, regardless of who you were or how much you made and so you know it was everybody was locked down without warning I think is also was a big deal yeah because nobody saw it coming or people would have really (laughs) I think people would have approached it differently (laughs) but people were just stuck with it reminded me of a what's the um What's that game that kids play where the music starts? Ring then, around the rosy? No, but then you have to grab a seat and there's only Pin the one. tail on the donkey? No. No, you run around. Pop goes go, the weasel? No, you go around the chair. Musical chairs. <laughs> Wait, did you know the whole time? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, musical chairs. And so all of a sudden you have to sit down wherever you are. and people The hokey pokey? Like, <laughs> and people looked at their spouses and just. You know, I think a lot of people have been like, ew. <laughs> oh, what, my God. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I thought I'd never have to spend so much time with you. I know. It's really, that's where Stephanie and I have been lucky because obviously we are not perfect people. We do not have the perfect marriage, but we've done well, I think, because we're so used to working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we write and produce. We're about to co-direct a feature together, and we're just kind of used to being around each other. That's all pretty amazing. I mean, you, what happens? Do you have a like a code word if one of you is really getting on the other person's nerves? Do you just say lamb chop? Um, well, that's person the walks pet out the door. name that I have for. Her, <laughs> so I say lamb chop leave. <laughs> that's pretty direct. At the, yeah. I feel like at that point you could just say Stephanie leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or she, and she calls me lamb chop, so she'll say mm. lamb chop leave. You lamb chop leave. Lamb chop, you need to leave. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's not really our our pet, our pet. name. Okay. No. Do I look like I would be? No, 
I don't think that you would take that as a um, uh, term of endearment. You don't you don't like lamb chops. No, it's like tofuti. Hey, tofuti. Hey, tofuti. Leave. Leave. You would leave be like, oh, okay, honey bun. I will. Yeah, I'll give you some space. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it reminded me a lot of, and maybe people are not familiar with the movie. Do you want to tell people yeah. what we're I'll talking tell, tell about? Them. Oh, I will. So the Queen of Versailles is a 2012 documentary directed by Lauren Greenfield, and it profiles Jackie Siegel, a former pageant queen, and her husband David, the owner of not an a international... pageant queen, <laughs> not a pageant king. <laughs> he's not unattractive, but he's just nobody. Not... He appreciates attractive ladies. He does. He does. He was the owner of an international timeshare company, and these two construct what will be the largest single-family home in America. And meanwhile, the 2008 recession hit, severely damaging the Seagulls' finances, and it forced them to reconsider their dream home. So the Queen of Versailles premiered at Sundance, where it won the U.S. Directing Award. This documentary is um, it's very entertaining. It's so entertaining. I noticed... If this makes any sense, I noticed at one point that I hadn't noticed how long I had been watching. Yeah. I I feel the same way because there's something. So the, the main uh, subject, I won't call her character, although she is a character, is Jackie um, Siegel. And mm-hmm. she is... She's just an interesting character study mm-hmm. because she is, uh, how old is she? She's like 43 in this documentary, and she had won Mrs. Was she Amer- 43? I thought he always threatened that when she turns 40, he was going to trade her in for 220s. Yeah, I think that was their joke, uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> And he and he was 70 something. 70 something. <laughs> threatening to trade a beautiful young woman in for two even two. younger beautiful uh-huh. women. Uh-huh. Oh, David. Um, oh, so we have a clip of Jackie introducing herself. Let's just listen to Jackie's okay. voice for a second. My name is Jacqueline Siegel. I am in Orlando, Florida. I'm a 43-year-old mother of eight. I am from Binghamton, New York. I'm not a city girl. I'm a small town girl. When I grew up in Binghamton, New York, pretty much the only place to work and make money was IBM. And I figured I could either be a secretary and work for an engineer, or I could be an engineer. So I got my computer engineering degree, and then I worked at IBM. I mean, so just when you're introduced to her, you're drawn to her because I love that she said the only place to work was IBM. You could either work as a secretary or you could work as an engineer. So I wanted, I decided to be an engineer. I, I was drawn to her from, from that moment. Well, she, she's an interesting person in, in that she clearly has to be intelligent enough to get that degree, but she has something that feels a little ditzy. Yes. But, vapid. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's uh, there's just a mix of, you know, when I think at the end of the movie, um, when she 
wish she had more information and maybe she could have helped or done things differently. <laughs> but it is true. It's like maybe it would have been helpful to incorporate her into maybe. some of the decision making or, or let her know about what's going on. Right. So these two had quite a, a, a dynamic. They had quite a, uh, or I guess they're still together. They have quite a uh, partnership, if you will. Also, I was yeah. thinking of you, Cheryl, because mm -hmm. you're from Orlando. Oh, this struck home in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> this really, I'm telling you, I that I really enjoyed it because of that reason. Have I ever told you, I, I actually like Orlando. Hmm. And I, I don't think about... Orlando. I know Orlando is Disney, obviously, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. there are very cute areas of Orlando. Very cute. And and a lot of really great restaurants and cafes yes. and bars. Mm -hmm. And I think people just think Disney only. They do. And so when I, you know, traveling around and having these experiences where I, I, I'm not in town for Disney and I'm checking out the town and I, and then I tell Stephanie, oh, I like Orlando. There's cute areas. And people, especially <laughs> Stephanie, she she's she makes fun of me because I'll come back saying, oh, Louisville, Kentucky is awesome. And oh, I love St. Paul, uh, Minnesota. And I love Orlando, Florida. And I just have these experiences in, you know, I love Cleveland. And, and she's just like, oh, my gosh, mm -mm. if I hear about another... <laughs> city or town that is not obviously hip I'm gonna lose my mind <laughs> well it is true Orlando you know when I yes I'm from Florida and I lived in Orlando for a long time and when people would ask me where I, I was from I'd say here and they would it was like you knocked them off their feet they were like what why are you who is from Orlando nobody's yeah. from the, it's, in their minds only people migrate there you and Mickey Mouse mm -hmm. so the seagulls they have a lot of money he has a lot of money from these timeshares which is also an interesting story because he had orange groves yeah uh, and my grandfather had orange groves and just just a little insight to my um, childhood tig you'll like this my grandmother had orange groves, and one of our little tasks when we went to visit him, we had to take a coat hanger and the the irrigation pipes, these pipes by the all the trees. It was coming from a lake, and sometimes little minnows would get st stuck in the holes. Oh, and we'd have to stick the. You have um, to push the minnows through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does Peta know about this? Uh, <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Uh, but anyway, I'm just I'm just giving you a little color into what's it, what it's like growing up in Florida. Okay. So, um, so not fancy, in in a lot of parts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not Miami Beach. Miami Beach is like a separate Palm Beach, separate, and then the rest of Florida is just sort of a grab bag of, uh, Florida fancy pockets. But a lot of times not so fancy. Tom Petty is from Florida. I know. I know. Gainesville. Um, so anyway, oh, so David had these um, orange groves mm -hmm. and this developer wanted to buy them 
to put up a timeshare. And David asked, what's a timeshare? They explained it. And he said, no, I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So he developed his own land into a timeshare and became very successful. Very successful. So after, you know, building these um, timeshares, they decided to build the biggest house in America. I mean, so, so big. 90,000 square feet. When when Jackie's walking through there with, I guess, a friend, her friend is thinking that they're walking into the bedroom, and she says, no, this is my closet. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of how big 90,000 square feet, feet, foot, of houses. Foot. Feet. Foot. 90,000 square foot of house. Foot of weird. house. Foot. 90,000 okay. square foot. Square feet. Foot. Feet. Um, the average home in America, do you know how, what the square footage of an, an average home in America is? A thousand? 1,600. So 1,600. And these people were building a 90,000. <laughs> Square feet. Square feet of house. It was inspired by Versailles because they went and they saw Versailles and they... They modeled it after the top three stories of the Paris Hotel. In Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) And it had 20 bedrooms, two grand staircases, a bowling alley. Ten kitchens. Ten kitchens. A sushi bar? Two tennis courts. But but Why? Why not? How, How else full, are you going to get rid of that money? A full-sized baseball field, a uh, playroom with a stage. Oh, a space for an orchestra for black tie events. It's like your house. <laughs> it's exactly like my house. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly like your house. Oh, my gosh. I have an orchestra pit, even when it's yeah. not for black tie events. Right, yeah, I know. How, Whenever I'm over there, it's like the orchestra strikes up, and I'm like, you guys, just... just yeah, Tig and I are okay. trying to chat. Yeah. But let's listen to... Uh, you want to hear um, Jackie talk about why why they wanted a new house? Of course. <laughs> the reason why we really want the bigger home, for one thing, I think my husband deserves it. I think it'd be a lot, like a lifetime achievement. I think he's worked so hard. And even though this house, which is 26,000 square feet, is so big, we're bursting out of the seams. Who is bursting out of a 26,000 square foot house? Who is bursting at the seams? The seagulls are. But I, I think it's interesting that she feels like her husband deserves that house. Mm. I don't know that anybody deserves a that house. Deserve is a, an odd word. Right. It's it's like, oh, we just wanted to have some fun. You know, to say... We deserve. It, it feels like people that are down on their luck in life or maybe had no shot at anything good deserve that house. Right. That's right. who might deserve. Right. The person that's, you know, uh, d- doing the groundskeeping at a grade school that's the person that deserves it right it's just an interesting word it's (laughs) you know if you're if you have that kind of cash and you want to make a house that big right that is your business i wouldn't use the word deserve we deserve this why didn't they go 100 100 i don't know i would have felt like 
Let's just go for 100. Just round it up. Yeah. 90 feels like hmm. you didn't try very hard. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's hear from David. So David, um, it's interesting because at the beginning of this film, Mm -hmm. you know, they're both full of, oh, what are they full of? Themselves. Well, and um, he seems very into her. Like, I don't know what she sees in me. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, I don't (laughs) know what she sees in me. Oh, and he doesn't need Viagra. Not yet. Yeah. But if he does, it's okay. And how can somebody... Like a seventy-four-year-old, yeah, seventy man, yeah. Wonder what a young, beautiful woman sees in him. <laughs> how can that? How can anyone when, say that when they're building? But the he seems to really, really right. deliver that. Yeah, like he really doesn't know. He doesn't get it, but hey, he doesn't get it. Yeah, he found the right one. Yeah, and I do think. Like she said, she almost learned to love him. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do believe she does. You love, do? I do. I oh, do. that's sweet. I think she... She definitely wants to be loved. Yeah, and I think... I think she loves him. You're right. She cares about him and she... Yeah, yeah. I think it. it's how do you define love? Mm. It, it can obviously be interpreted in so many different ways. But I think that... I believe when she said that if they downsized to four bedrooms that she would not leave, you know, they'd get bunk beds. I agree. I, yeah. I really felt that she was telling the truth. I know. That's what's so amazing about this documentary mm-hmm. is her attitude because mm-hmm. she l- loves being the queen of Versailles or as the um, realtor described it, the queen of Versailles. Versailles. 
Versailles. <laughs> I think she said Versailles. I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, at the beginning of this, David was saying, hey, I I make everybody everybody's lives around me so much better because they know me. And he was just like so full of himself. And here he is. Oh, let's just listen to David talk about why he likes money. Okay. Everyone wants to vacation like a Rockefeller. We show people how they can. Everyone wants to be rich. If they can't be rich, the next best thing is to feel rich. And if they don't want to feel rich, then they're probably dead. Hmm. You know, this is unrelated, but I just have to share. Please. His voice reminds me of Patton Oswalt. Oh, Patton would not appreciate that, I don't think. Well, he can take it no. up with me. But I hear Patton when this guy talks. I don't I don't That's interesting. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I hear a little Patton okay. Oswalt. Okay. Well, when we make the uh film version of this. Oh. I could play uh Jackie. Oh yeah. I just cast myself and Patton. Although Patton <laughs> he's not that much older than me. <laughs> I don't even know if he is older than me. Well, he's he's going gray, you know. Yeah. And um, and I'm not. And, you're, and I have You're a natural blonde. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, do you think everybody wants to feel rich? I don't know. I think there's people that um, probably would love to have security. I mean that that must be everybody. Who who wouldn't want? Who wouldn't want to go to bed at night thinking I don't have to worry about paying my bills? I have plenty of you money would, to pay. You would you would think that, but I think there are people that self sabotage, and there's people that have very low self esteem that don't feel like that they are worthy of a good life, oh. and they wow. and they can't even allow for that. Oh, or I think they even push it away in saying, "Yeah, I don't want to be rich," maybe because they know or feel they could never be, so they act like they don't mm. want it. You know, whether it's true or not, I feel like mm. I've met people in life that have that kind of attitude. Yeah. But I wouldn't say everybody wants to be rich. Yeah, I don't know if rich is the right word. I don't believe I mean, that. rich is different than... Uh, comfortable. Self-sufficient. Yeah, comfortable. Comfortable. That's how my stepdad says it. Are you comfortable? Uh, yeah. Um, Is he worried about your finances? Are you and Bobby <laughs> no, comfortable? No, he's never talking about my finances. He just wants to know, you know, are my slippers comfortable? Oh, I see. Uh, he's from Georgia. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just thinking about um, timeshare for a uh -huh. second. Do you know much about timeshare? No, but I um, was on vacation once with my friend Shannon and I see where this in is order going. to get a free dinner, like a five star meal, we had to go and look at a timeshare. Yeah. And um, we had absolutely no money. Yeah. And so we really just had to go with this group of people looking at yeah. a timeshare just to get that that yeah. meal. It was worth it, right? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm not good I mean, in those kind of situations. I'm immediately I like, I got to get thing. out of here. Oh, no. Also, I, I was in uh, Tahoe with my sister. Mm. Dr. Becky Dr. Hines. Dr. Becky Hines. Uh, you know one of our listeners has uh, named their dog Dr. Becky Hines? For sure. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I bet there's a few. I bet there's a few people. I hope so. Who have Please named their dogs? Hit us up on Instagram. Yes. Ew. Don't ever say hit us up. That's I never silly. said it. Anyway, but yeah, we went through the time sh- timeshare spiel for fifty dollars. Oh. So we could gamble, and it was so worth it. We were like, yes, I would love to sit in the air conditioning for an hour. Was this recently? No. This was last year. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, but so the idea is, um, and I'm, and tell me if you, tell me if this is the right explanation for it. This is what I think it is. So let's say David, uh, what's his last name? Siegel. Buys. A big building, like a like they, I'm sure they look like condominiums, mm-hmm. right? And then they say, "Oh, if you buy into this for ten thousand dollars every other year, you can come and stay in one of these units for a week." Does that sound right? And then people realize once they're into it, oh, it's never available on the dates that I need to go, and um. I need to get out of it. I don't want to keep paying $10,000 a year because it's we're not using it and you can't get out of it. And it's, you know, it has a bad reputation, mm-hmm. would you say? Yes, for sure. It's- and then David's son, who is selling these, he's kind of the head sales guy, head sales yeah. pitch man. In Vegas. In, in Vegas. Vegas. Um, right, because they, yeah, they have a big building in Vegas. And, he, and he's promoting this as... This is a way to avoid a heart attack and stroke, uh, buy a timeshare, and your health will improve. I'm not saying that's wrong, but when you pan around the room and you see people that are going in to look at the timeshares, they're clearly not on top of their health in many different ways. And I just, that was bothering me that... Mm. They there was a, f- a few people that looked like an unhealthy bunch that maybe it's if anybody believes that a timeshare is solely that's that really bothered me because he he actually said this could save this could save lives. lives and I yeah. just think that is such a low yeah low down dirty way to make people cough up their cash money they don't really yeah have. i mean yeah i don't know i wanted somebody to jump in and be like oh well, hold on that might be true but here are some <laughs> other know. things that we can do to deal <laughs> eat right and exercise yeah eat, yeah. <laughs> eat right exercise <laughs> get rest and mm. have some laughs with loved ones mm. but buying a timeshare is not going to save your life Sorry, I had a lot to say. No, but it worked. He was very successful in, in s- selling the timeshares. And we actually have a clip of, what is his name, Richard? Yeah, Richard. Doing his spiel. Good morning, Whiskey! Why are we here? To save lives. And you thought you were just selling timesharing, didn't you? <laughs> we sell vacations. Vacations are healthy for you. Do you believe that? Yes. I can show you the articles and the studies. Those who take the fewest amount of vacations are most likely to have a heart attack. You're just like a doctor, a nurse, a fireman, a policeman, a lifeguard. 
They all save lives, and you all do it too. Wow. <laughs> uh, the timeshare crew is like a doctor. <laughs> I, I don't know why that part bothered me so much. It, that really bothered me. It really you. bothered me. Because they're taking advantage of, of vulnerable, vulnerable people. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it just is. To say that selling these condos puts you <laughs> at, on the same mm. level as a firefighter mm. or a doctor. I mean, again, mm. I'm all for vacations. I make them a priority in my life. I like to go take nice vacations relax Some time off yeah everybody should take time it's off. good for you yeah but there's other things at play <laughs> <laughs> with a healthy life you don't feel like you're saving anybody's life when you go on a vacation you check into a hotel i feel like, like i'm adding to my health and well-being okay. but i'm yeah. also trying to eat right and exercise and get rest and Boo. have a cackle with friends and family. You would have been a terrible timeshare sales terrible. person. Terrible, terrible. So this was in 2008. Mm -hmm. The housing market crashed. Yes. Because the banks were loaning people so much money that they couldn't repay. Right. So, so everything crashed and they were stuck with this building in in las vegas that they could not um they couldn't they couldn't pay yeah and it was huge it was huge and four months after it opened the company that built the timeshares sued westgate which was david's uh, company for unpaid bills and then david siegel had to lay off seven thousand employees that's four months after they made a had a big gala opening yeah so this was the beginning of the end for these guys, for the seagulls. Don't give away the end. <laughs> <laughs> but seven laying off 7,000 employees, and that's, again, that's a point where I really, <laughs> when I say I connected to, I couldn't possibly pretend that I have 7,000 employees. But I have people that work for me and different, you know, in my production company and at my house and your mansion. <laughs> I do not live in a mansion, <laughs> but, um, the orchestra members go ahead. But just that, uh, that was a part where I was like, Ooh, gosh, you know, when the pandemic hit and I didn't know what was going on. And then Stephanie and I were always home with our kids. We didn't need the help that we had before because we weren't going anywhere. Right. And we could clean our house. We could watch our kids and our, our schedule just shifted. And so, I don't know, that part really, it, it's, it's hard. It, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's hard. Mm -hmm. it, it's a responsibility that, that you have ta taken on as an employer. Yeah. Um, and imagine having 7,000. 7, that was that was what blew my mind is any sort of hard decisions that we had to make or figuring out different schedules. Thinking of 7,000 of those people, and I know this happens all the time everywhere. This is not the only company people lose jobs all the time, pandemic or no pandemic, but it just, I don't know. There was just a lot of parallels with now 
end this time period. Yeah, I agree. Because when that when that crash happened, mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who lost their homes mm-hmm. and just lost the, lost everything. Basically, mm-hmm. had to just move out of their home because yeah. they couldn't afford it. it was uh, my my brother was one of them. Mm-hmm. It was brutal, you know. Yeah. So so yeah so so the this crash is happening and now um, now the seagulls have to sell three hundred and fifty million dollars of their assets. <laughs> 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 just like, I don't know why that's bye bye plane, <laughs> yeah, bye bye cruise ship or whatever you're oh, floating around. I did, by the way, I did love the um shot of her on the boat. It looked like they were on a lake, and they probably were if they were in Orlando. Um, on a boat in her fur coat, <laughs> like a motorboat, wasn't a yacht. It was just like yeah, somebody was skiing. But I, yeah, I think she wears that on the treadmill too. You know, I don't think that that is for just the black tie That's event. That's true. No, no. She, if if there's a draft, she's got the fur. Jackie coat on. is going to have a fur coat on. Oh my gosh! And speaking of fur coats, yes. all the dead stuffed animals around the house—that was another thing. That was creepy. Their dogs. Oh my god! Would the, die, and he'd have them stuffed, and then they would. They just around. lounge on a piano, like in there, a dead dog just lying on a piano yes. or something. But by the way, I mean, I think they had like 10 dogs. Yeah. And can we just talk for one moment about I know the what you're going to want to talk about. Dog poop situation. There was a dog poop situation because as they started to lose more money, money. and their help around the house. Yeah. They had like 19 employees and they had to cut it down to two or three two or three i mean and think i mean even still that's even still uh, whoever's living in the whoever's living in the house this is for any listener if if you are living in a house and you see dog poop on the rug it is your responsibility to pick it up because you just also i don't care who you are i don't care if you're the the kid the mom the dog nanny The dog named Dr. Becky Hines. <laughs> the dog. Dr. Use your Becky. little paw to swat the poop. I mean, nobody should door. walk by dog poop on, on the, the carpet. Or human poop. Let's be honest. If there's any sort of poop. Yeah, it's rule of thumb. And not to say there was human poop on their floor. I'm just but saying. We don't know. Any, right. w- any type of poop, just, you know, lend a helping it. hand. Yeah. Uh, and pick it up. But there was. Once the help started to disappear, more poop appeared. Mm-hmm. And what are these dogs not trained? I guess I was wondering the same thing. I was thinking because I have we have a dog door here, so the doggies can go out. But I mean, if maybe if the house is so big, did you just they- call them doggies because people call them doggy doors? Well, because I was gonna, I meant to say doggy door, and I said dog door, and I just wanted to make it clear that that you had I know doggies. It's doggy- <laughs> I know that it's, I know that they're usually called doggy, doggy doors. I feel like what age do you, do people abandon doggies? But the, but you still say doggy door. I know. That's also like when you go out to eat and you get a, a doggy, doggy bag. bag. You still say doggy. You don't say I you, need a dog bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get your doggy bag and then you come home and crawl through the doggy door. You do, And you do. 
Uh, excuse me, can I get a dog bag? <laughs> Thank you. Because that sounds like you're going to pick up poop, doesn't it? Like a dog bag. Yeah, a up, dog a- bag sounds disgusting. <laughs> it sounds like it has steaming poop inside. Oh, my God. Okay, we don't need to. Okay, listen. Look at this disgusting off. dog bag. I was just saying that a maybe. A doggy bag. A doggy bag is adorable. That t- tells And you that's something. specifically to bring home to feed to your dog? Yeah. Your dog, your doggy. That is so weird. Would you like a doggy bag? That is such a weird. Nobody says that really anymore. They said you want a to-go box. Nobody asks people anymore if they want a doggy <laughs> bag. It's just so. <laughs> so. Is it so like 1950s? It is. It's, oh, I can't finish me. this. Pardon <laughs> me. Can I get a doggy bag, please? Thank you. <laughs> Nobody said my grandmother is probably the last person I heard ask about a doggy bag. And then people go home and and always feed that to their dog, or is it a leftover? We're gonna get a doggy Mm. bag. I feel like people eat what's in their doggy bag. Yeah. I mean I guess What is in your doggy bag? (laughs) We'll be right back after this commercial. I mean, I don't know. I don't eat steak or anything like that. So I don't know if somebody orders a steak and there's a bone left. Do they say, could I get a doggy bag for this for my doggy? Sure. But I don't know. Wrap that up for you. Anyway, the point is, Tig. Oh, sorry. I kept thinking that maybe because the house was so big that these little dogs didn't know where they were supposed to be going. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You think the dogs were lost? I'm saying that even if there was a doggy door, dog how door. could they possibly? <laughs> how could <laughs> even if there was a dog door, um, which actually sounds like a dog door sounds like they're opening it with the handle with the doorknob, doesn't it? Okay, a dog cartoon door? brain. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But okay, would it be two paws on the handle? No, it's just one. Or just one. Yeah. No, circular for some reason motion they can grip with it. the paw. Oh, for some mm. reason they can. All right. The point is, there's a lot of dog poop in this documentary. Yeah. I mean, I, clearly the director, uh, Lauren, you know. This is up for a, an Oscar or won an Oscar? No, it won a, a U.S. directing award. Oh, same thing. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, just if it had won an Oscar and. And, and this is and, what we're focusing on? Well, or just that that was part of the movie. It was just a lot of poop on the floor. And the Oscar goes to. <laughs> and that was the highlight. That was the real, the, yeah. the, the clip that they showed. Yeah. Or how about the clip where the dog is um, playing with a cockroach? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And like the Oscar that. goes to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I feel like obviously those moments help make things look terrible but who hasn't had a cockroach of course i mean listen when you live in zigzagging around dog poop in their house (laughs) but truly i just you're in florida yeah no there's no way around them and they're they're big there's literally no way around them i remember being in mississippi did florida have the kind of roaches that mississippi have where the roaches have necks and they can turn their heads left and right Mm. those disgusting kind of roaches flying around what about flying yes, roaches flying, yes. okay yeah yes 
disgusting. But but I guess I guess the the thing is too is like if your little dog was playing with a giant cockroach on the floor, would you just walk by and go, "Oh, cute"? Is that what happened? Yeah, because oh, I feel like I didn't. I would that. say, "Hey, uh, step back from the cockroach and let me." Get it and flush it down the toilet. You would say that entire paragraph to your dog. <laughs> I think I would. I, I think I would. I think I would have had a reaction. But Jackie never seems to have a big reaction to to any of this going on. She's no. she, and I can't tell if it's and it's not my business. But I couldn't tell if it was if she was self medicating and maybe that's that was why she was so um, or a frontal lobotomy. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no, she did have, yeah, I mean, to be fair, people think I've had yes. one. But um, <laughs> but she she definitely seems very chill. And it's interesting to see her when things escalate with David, where mm. he's being rude or snapping at her. And she just, she doesn't seem to take the bait. No. When she'll she'll say, "Oh, can I get a kiss?" and he's like, "No, get away from me." And she's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll yeah, be." Yeah, this the is after the money started to go, and it wasn't so much about. I don't know why she likes me. <laughs> that kind of vibe <laughs> started to go away. I was very amused when um, when they flew commercial, and the kid said, "Mommy, <laughs> why were all those people on our plane?" <laughs> Yeah, because when they started losing their money, they had to keep cutting back and cutting back and cutting back. And and when they rented a car, I have to say, you know, I was the subject of a documentary on Netflix. And so I feel like there are moments where I can tell that maybe the producer or director suggests mm-hmm. a little moment to mm-hmm. go in there. Mm-hmm. And I felt like when she was renting the car and she said, OK, where's my driver? I felt mm-hmm. like that was orchestrated Maybe. by the director. I felt the same way. I yeah. felt the same way. Because it's like, there's, who in America yeah, yeah. thinks that a rental car comes with a driver? And there's a, it can't be one person. Yes, you, you had a life before him. You weren't just born into this. And you don't know that you have to drive yeah. your own Hertz, Hertz. rental car. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, so when they start needing to um, scale down... Jackie is still spending like crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, she's going in person now to Walmart. That's true. Filling three baskets. That was another thing that I wondered. Is this the direct, is this the people orchestrating to get, you know, trying to cram all those toys into the. The shot. Yeah. 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 To really show you what's going on. But, but then when I saw the fancy party that she threw, I -hmm. thought, oh, I don't think so. Because it looked like she was giving presents to everybody. Right. And they were, they were bringing presents. So it felt like, oh, this happens every year and she is not going to go without it this year. Right. But so when, so they had to put Versailles, their house that was only 50% built it was not done it was not even close to done they had to put it on the market it was like 50 percent finished right right it was about halfway finished um so the bank made them put it on the market and so they what was their listing price a hundred million, million. <laughs> that's why i who's, said who's buying a hundred million dollar house that's not even finished <laughs> I mean, that seems like the worst deal <laughs> who 
Who was Ooh, doing that? hundred million. You're watching that house on Zillow. How could that not be a turnkey house? It, it, oh, it, it went down. I get an alert on my email from Zillow that that house I've been watching has gone down ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Ooh, let me check the school district. <laughs> What's the school district like near that hundred million dollar home? Oh. It was it was insane, yeah, and it was a big deal when it went on the market. And uh, oh, there was media coverage. Should we listen to the media coverage? Got a hundred million dollars is burning a hole in your wallet right now? Then you can buy the palace that timeshare mogul David Siegel already wants to sell, even though it's not even complete. The largest single-family home under one roof in America. It's bigger than the White House, and it could be an entire land at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. It's a replica based on the royal palace of Louis XIV of the 17th century. Okay, so they start cutting back, cutting back, and now, yes, the kids are having to go to, to public school, and for the first time, she thinks, oh, no, my kids might have to, um, go, to college. go to college. Isn't that interesting? It, I thought that was fascinating to think that there's not an interest in education. It's, it's no. solely about money. Yes. And I understand, obviously, that this is about money. But I did. It was just an interesting window into, oh, well, we have all this money. So our kids will be able to bypass an education. Yeah. I mean, and listen, I don't have an education. So I'm not saying one needs an education. Right. But um but just to it, assume that they wouldn't they that they wouldn't be interested in wouldn't getting an education. Wouldn't want it or need it for whatever right. different reasons. And by the way, as the um film goes on, David is becoming more and more agitated, depressed. Mm-hmm. He's locking himself in his family room, hoarder office. Hoarder office? I mean, it was truly a serious hoarding situation. Mm-hmm. And then, and she would come in to say hi or to ask him to come to dinner with them at the table. They weren't going out. They were cutting back. And he would just, you know, snap at her and was mean to her. And then she'd try and send some of the kids in to oh, that say, was I love saddest. you. Oh, and he didn't say it back to his son that was the saddest yeah it's it it really really spirals into an unpleasant situation all around um I mean not to say it wasn't unpleasant (laughs) before they lost their money there were definitely unpleasant uh aspects as an outsider looking in right but when you think about the kids being included in something that they don't have anything to do with you Mm -hmm. know what I mean yes yeah. Yeah, because I didn't get the feeling even that the teenage girls felt like, I, I want to have lots of money. Because even when a Jackie took all the kids to go see her friend, what was did they go to Virginia? Hmm. And they were all the kids were playing in the pool, and they were having fun yeah. together. And it was, you know, just a reminder that kids find happiness. Yeah, they just want to hang out. Yeah, they don't need... Lots of money. I was just curious what your feeling is about sharing personal stuff about your child or children or putting them 
in the spotlight in any way or uh in the spotlight well i mean i I certainly want them to make their own path Mm -hmm. because i i think it's important for kids to figure out who they are and what's what's going to make them happy because like we're talking about i don't think money makes people happy i think it can definitely relieve stress and burden when it comes to paying bills Mm -hmm. so I understand that but I also think I know uh, plenty of people who have lots of money who are depressed Mm -hmm. who don't want to get out of bed who don't feel a sense of purpose and um, and I don't I I want my kids to find what they're passionate about and and do it and I know it's you know it sounds good but it's not easy what about you well I was just thinking just even in my stand-up I've started to look at things a little differently just because I'm not by myself in the world. I have a spouse and I have children. And um, not that I let any fear of what they might want or think of me now or later completely control me, but I do try and consider others with what I'm sharing and how I'm sharing it. And Stephanie and I stopped showing our son's faces on Mm. social media like a year ago maybe Mm. um just because they're not old enough to make the decision if they want to be included in something like that Mm -hmm. and so we share things but we don't share their face or too many specifics details Uh uh-huh yeah but as far as what they want to be or do I yeah I hate to sound cheesy or cliche but really what makes them happy and if that brought a lot of money or barely got by if I knew my kids were happy I would be (laughs) I would feel like I really really succeeded yeah when I think of them as adults and if 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 my kid was trying to make it as a musician or was you know a a janitor i know it sounds so cliche and yeah right but it is so true if their heart and soul was free of heaviness or despair Mm -hmm. and they were joyful joyful yeah i would be so thrilled well you know what's the saying you're only as happy as your most unhappy child mm-hmm. something like that but it's true because you feel that for them and you want that for them um yeah so i'm searing it back now but i t- i completely agree with you i think we're once again it's easy to say and much harder to do yeah so in mm-hmm. the film david's really has fallen apart he has no joy in his life and he has no appreciation seem seemingly for his family for his wife and he only is concerned about the money and he even says in the uh he's at the end of the film he is so irritated with the filmmakers mm-hmm. <laughs> at the be- yeah can we wrap up are we <laughs> at finished? The beginning he was like hey if you know me you're lucky <laughs> and at the end he's like this has got to be over and then uh, okay also spoiler alert I, I don't think i needed to see the clip of him shirtless on the tread tread oh, see, I treadmill with, in his loafers i needed his loafers. that 
I needed that. <laughs> I absolutely needed that. But he that. even described this as a, uh, instead of a rags to riches, a riches to rags movie. Yeah. I have to say, um, even though my very good old friend, Christina, was one of the directors of the documentary that was made about my life, uh, even though she worked on the documentary and everybody was so nice and great and it was a great experience. I can imagine because I reached a point where I was like, it's okay, gotta, I got to need a minute. I have got, I've got to get got on with my to get out. Yeah, of I don't this know how people do it because I mean, truly, especially with his life spiraling right. the way that it was, I'm sure it's, it's like, seriously anymore. we have got to wrap this up because my story gets a little off the rails too in my documentary and i just kind of wanted to just have some alone time. yeah <laughs> and and it wrapped up in a nice amount of time it was only over a year that's, that they were filming that sounds it was crazy a lo- to me that sounds cool well they weren't living in my I house know, but it's but gotta yeah. be every day you must feel it you must feel the weight of it yeah, for sure. I was I was ready to be finished and it was a real treat to see the finished product and be like, "Great. I'm glad I gave all to this and I'm proud of this." Don't but, need to do it again. And people have asked, "Well, what about the future? What if what would you and Stephanie ever do a, a reality show?" Never. No. Never. How about no. the Kardashians? Like the doing it for so long. I've never seen that. Well, um, I remember Stephanie had showed me a video of somebody have you heard of the kardashians of course i have but she was dying laughing showing me a video of somebody imitating kim kardashian yeah. and you didn't get it i just no response <laughs> on my face i was like i don't this just looks like a person it's talking. crazy to i don't think know that, what kim kardashian yeah well just that, that that they have had cameras on them for so long yeah so tig i think mm-hmm. it's fair to say the queen of versailles was a Riches to Rags story. Yes. Um, and yes. are you ready for the, our final thoughts? I am. I'm. Uh, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Thought every story has a happy ending, but every episode of True Story does, and it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary, The Queen of Versailles. Tig, would you recommend this documentary? I absolutely would. I, I've recommended it many to times. To whom? Um, what kind of person? Uh, I, I don't know. What kind of person? Mm-hmm. What um, category? Only bisexual, <laughs> Latino. I mean, do you um, think anybody... Elderly? Anybody, everybody will like this? I feel like... I mean everybody i'm trying to picture my stepfather oh, yeah I, I don't think um why? well you know i mean maybe if he was sitting around with a group with our family watching mm-hmm. it he might you know have a little cackle here or there yeah it's interesting because so many people lived through that um 2008 crash so mm-hmm. i do think that a lot of people will relate to it yeah relate and like you said even with what's happening now I think mm-hmm. people, a lot of people will relate to it. And it's very, this documentary is very entertaining because of the the people. It is. It's very entertaining and there are very funny, amusing mm-hmm. moments. But there's also very unfortunate, sad, mm-hmm. devastating That's moments. Um, so it kind of runs a gamut. It's not like just a laugh right. fest where you just 
these are just funny, quirky characters, or you're just laughing at the demise of this family. Right. It, it's you're more just like, wow. oh my gosh, the housekeeper just moved into the dollhouse, which is true. It is true. The housekeeper moved into the little playhouse in the backyard, and she was thrilled to have her own space. Yeah, to be fair. I would, I would have, have too. too. I would have been fine with and that. And how about... I, I was like, this is actually really nice, this dollhouse. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would be elbowing her out of the way. And how about one of the kids that loves to sleep with one of the nannies in her little room? Yeah. And that that was the other thing is all the people that worked for them were so sweet, so sweet. and just kind, hardworking folk. Right. And... So which which character would you invite over for dinner? I think we would probably invite the same person. I mean, Jackie. Oh, I was going to say the ha- the nanny. <laughs> I really like the nanny who who dressed up like Rudolph. Oh, she was Rudolph. So cute oh, and so that's sweet. for sure. That might have gotten the biggest laugh out of me and Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie really went off. Well, because at first you think it's going to be a really sad moment because Jackie is kind of making her dress up like Rudolph at this yeah. fancy Christmas yeah. party, but she had a ball. Oh, she, it was like she stepped into her skin finally. (laughs) It was, it was, she realized in that moment, I am Rudolph. (laughs) But yeah, there, it didn't feel sad at all um, once she started doing the Rudolph dance. What was your biggest takeaway? Well. Or even tiniest takeaway. Well, I think it really does make you think about money. I I think about Mm -hmm. very extremely rich people it's hard for mm-hmm. me to understand the difference between $50 million or $500 million. I would say when people get to $500 million, it seems like that is the sweet spot where you start hanging out with only people that make $500 million. Yeah, that's true. But the $100 million, are not, they're not sitting around the grill outside. Waiting for their Mm-mm. corn dog. <laughs> do you grill a corn dog? Mm. No. I personally don't know. <laughs> no, I do not. Um, but they're not like holding their paper plates waiting for, mm-hmm. you know, the coleslaw and the cheeseburger. But I feel like if. That's a really good point. <laughs> uh, what was the biggest unanswered question for you? I mean, it was more of a. A, a general question. Will these people have any grasp of reality or normalcy in a, in a positive way? Mm-hmm. You know, will, will that fall be a wake up call or will it be, Oh, we fell and we got to claw our way out of this. Yeah. I don't know. So it's, it's more of a, a, a bigger picture question Uh what about yourself i was very curious to see what happened with versailles i mean because Mm -hmm. because when the film ended it was really uh david did not want to let it go and um have you had something you didn't want to let go that you knew you had to let go of and it's time or you can't afford it or i because even though I don't have a $100 million yeah. home, I feel like anyone can relate to that. You just want more time. You just got to push it. You just got to hold on. Yeah. We can work well, this out or I can dig myself out. I or... I have, because I, I come from a very little money growing up. So I, I tend to 
try not to anyway overextend myself because I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want that feeling. As a matter of fact, the first time I had enough money to buy the the bag I wanted, like I bought this mm-hmm. Mark Jacobs bag because after I got my first big job and uh, I didn't take it out of the bag and I returned it. You left the bag in the bag? I left the bag in the bag. I didn't use it. I didn't touch it. I you ret- didn't let the bag out of the bag? Okay. I didn't let the bag. And I took it back uh-huh. because I felt like, I don't know. What am I doing? This is crazy. <laughs> and then I thought about it. And How then, much was it? I don't uh, even know what Mark Jacobs. I mean, it was probably like five hundred dollars or something. Uh huh. Six hundred dollars for a okay. purse. Yeah. So I felt like okay, I don't. Let's not do this. And I took it back. And then I thought about it for two weeks. And then I went back and bought it. So and, anyway, the the point. And is, then you returned it again. <laughs> Then I so use... you're not like David. Who you're not like? I deserve this. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, I was like you were saying. I'm like, I don't know if I deserve this. Uh-huh. I better just cool it. Who do I think I am, Miss Hotshot? I love to think of you always purchasing in that same manner. I do. I still do. You buy it. You return it, and then you buy it again. Yeah, I do. Because I'm like, who knows if you're going to work tomorrow? You like to get a deal. I do like to get a deal, but I Uh also love the feeling of, okay, you just got a job. You go and you get something fancy. And then I'll go and get something fancy and be like, whoa, I could have gotten three dresses for that one. Anyway, (laughs) we've got to wind this down, Tig. Okay, all right. These people have things to do. Do you want to promote your uh, TV show? You guys, I'm on a show called I Can See Your Voice. She is. It's on Fox on I see Wednesday her social nights. media. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to. You're going to love it. You think it's up my alley? Mm-hmm. 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 What about you? You've got anything going on? I have a podcast called Don't Ask Tig. Mm-hmm. And then I also just wrapped that action film, Army of the Dead. It's when does that come, come out? out? next year. Not till next year. Exciting. Oh, and Star Trek. Just premiered today, um, the new season of Star Trek. Oh, wow. So um, Jet Reno is back. That's my character. Okay. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the show, it's really, really good. It's fun. It's fun to be part of the Star Trek universe. I can't do the um, live long and prosper hand, but but it's fun. How can you not? That's ridiculous. You really can't do it? Oh my god! I feel like you're doing a joke. Is that a bit? No, I'm not doing. No, like I I can't do it. That right? I can't do it. Oh, for you should be on the show. Thank you. I would love to. Yeah, Thomas can do it. That's weird. Well, Um, don't judge me. You guys, thank you for joining us and listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for continuing to listen. Our fans have been. Continuing to tune in and our numbers keep growing. We love it. Exponentially. Love it. And we really, really appreciate people uh, listening to the show. And I think we should do it again. Let's do it again. 
Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Tig Notaro, and Cheryl Hines. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett. With music by David Sesson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate the feedback. You can email us at TigandCherylTrueStory at gmail.com. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about Amanda Knox. That was a HeadGum Podcast.